0: Grab your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The presence of the Lord is in this place. It always takes two people to create that relationship. It is true in a marriage. It is true in a work environment. It is true in our walk with God. God creates the way for us. God opens up the door for us. His grace has provided us with a way of salvation, but it is up to us to respond in worship to God. No relationship is ever complete with only one party being fully invested in it. We see this in the church when God's presence is moving and you see some people who are just not quite connecting with what God is doing. I encourage you this morning, Learn to get your focus on the Lord. It takes practice sometimes. Churches can be distracting places. Kids are crying. Kids can be running around. Music might miss a key. But train your mind. The talk, Bible talks about bringing into captivity every thought. You know, It says in another place, I think it's in Ephesians, it says, gird up the loins of your mind. Or in other words, gather your thoughts and focus them and and bring them to attention. And bring them to attention on God. We all have days when we're distracted. I get that. I'm like that too sometimes. I've come to church sometimes and seen people experiencing the presence of God and felt nothing. But here I do know that God is faithful. And when we worship Him, He responds. We lift Him up, He reacts. We call on Him, He hears us. Because He is faithful. He can't help Himself. He doesn't change. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I preached to you for a little while this morning about standing. Standing. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. It's good to see everyone that is here this morning. We have quite a few people sick and away today, so please, please, if you see someone, here's just a general rule of thumb. If you see someone not in church, who you know is normally in church, pray for them. They're probably sick, or they they could be working, or who knows what, but pray for them. Lift one another up in prayer. Amen? Hello? Amen? We need to lift one another up in prayer, support one another. We've got quite a few people away sick, so it's good to see everyone that is here today. I'm looking around. I don't know if we've got any visitors here for the first time, but if you are visiting with us, so you're fairly new to our church. We're glad that you are here, and uh, we are a church with a very simple vision, but a vision that will impact your eternity. We are here to reach our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? We are here to make disciples. We are here to create a community where people can belong. Amen. Do you feel like you belong here this morning? Amen. Well, looks like I need to preach more about our vision, Brother Stan. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in this day that we live in. In this world that surrounds us, we have a need for strength. Amen. Because in this world, we, we are surrounded by a culture and an environment where anything goes. True story? We have this little theory, and I've talked about it before, but we have this little theory called Relativism. It's this idea that you define your own truth. What is true for you is true for you. What is true for me is true for me. And that is fair enough until you come into contact with God's Word. But see, this world is not exposed to God's Word like it used to be. We used to have prayer in schools, we used to have Bible clubs in schools. God's Word was spoken in schools. Amen. But, but in this culture that we live in, this day and age, that this time that we live in 2019, pretty much anything goes. Whatever you want to do is up to you. However you want to live your life is up to you. However you want to structure yourself is, is up to you. It's entirely up to you. And as a result, I believe that we are facing a time in history where people will fall for anything. Hello? People don't know what they stand for anymore. People don't know what they believe in anymore. People don't know what is the cause that they are behind. And so I think more than any other time in history, perhaps, we are in need of strength. And if we are not going to get that strength from the government, if we are not going to get that strength from a traditional family unit, if we are not going to get that strength from our work colleague to stand for what is right, then brothers and sisters, it ought to be in the church. Hello? There ought to be a strength that is in the church, a strength that is not based on programs, a strength that is not based on our abilities or or our talents or, or on the things that we can do. But the Bible says to be strong in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, as a church, we need to recognize that the relationship we have with Jesus Christ is one of strength. Because while everything else in the world will fade, because while everything else is subject to change, while everything else can fade away, while everything else can be destroyed, we can have a relationship with Jesus in the church that will enable us to be strong. Turn to the person next to you say, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. I'm not talking about this morning being strong in your own abilities. I'm not talking about standing on your resume. I'm not talking about looking at your credentials and thinking, what a fantastic Christian you are. But here's what I want for our church. I want our church to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Because here's the thing, I know, I know that if as a church we can build our walk with God individually and as a corporate body, if we can understand that our strength comes from God, that our walk is built in His hands, that He holds our lives in the palm of His hands, then it doesn't matter what the devil does, it doesn't matter what gates of hell rise against us, it doesn't matter what circumstances we might face, because we can get our strength from the Lord. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's not enough for our church to say we've got a great program. It's not enough for our church to say we've got a great vision. It's not enough for our church to say we've got great youth. It's not enough for our church to say we've got a great music team or or great facilities or anything like that. What we must have as a church is an understanding that our strength and our power must come from the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to see the presence of God move in our church. I'm going to try that again. I want to see the presence of God move in our church. Can someone say amen? Amen. I'm sure I'm not the only one here. I want to see the miraculous happen. I want to see the secure, and we've had it. I want to see God's Spirit poured out. I want to see people come to a new level in their relationship with God. I want to see the brokenhearted fixed. I want to see the ruined to be restored. I want to see the wounded be healed. But it is not going to happen in our church unless we learn that our strength, our power must come from the Lord. And the only way that is going to happen is if every single one of us, grab your finger, pointed at me. If we begin to build our lives on the Lord. And get our strength and our power from Him. Because it's not about what we can do on our own strength. But we are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We need strength in this day to stand. The other thing we need is found in verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, in this day and age that we live in, in a day and an age where anything goes, in a day and an age where, you know, I was, let me me tell you a little story. I was talking to someone yesterday, and he's a hypnotherapist. Ooh, that sounds like fun. I said to him, I said, are you going to hypnotize me and make me cluck like a chicken? And he said, No, no, that's not what hypnotists do. But if you were to cluck like a chicken, what would it sound like? And I went, I'm not going to cluck like a chicken because that's what you want me to do. It's a bit of a joke. But what he said was he said, you know, when when we're watching TV and we're watching movies and and all this kind of stuff, there is hypnotic signals that are sent through these video, this media and stuff that we watch, the, the games we play on our iPhones and our iPads, and there is hypnotic things that are being sent that influence our behavior. And companies pay big money to do that. You know, there was a market increase in the number of flip phones sold right after the Matrix came out. Now, for all you young people, you don't even know what the Matrix is, I'm sure. Right? But they were using these really cool flip phones. What happened? Everyone went out and bought flip phones. So it's wanted to be like that. Right. These messages that are coming to us in the world, they are out there and they are happening. And more than ever in in the church, we find that so often we we get caught into this comfortable life where we just kind of just cruising along. Where things are just happening and it's just it's okay. We we come to church on Sunday. We know how to clap and we raise our hands and we know that we're going to sing four songs and five songs maybe and then the pastor's going to preach and it's going to be good, I hope. And, and then we're going to sit down and we're going to have a cup of tea and and we tick tick the boxes. But but Paul is coming here and, and and maybe this language is a little bit a little bit foreign to our minds. He's saying, put on the armor of God. When you when you picture When you picture armor, I I picture a knight in armor on the back of his horse riding into battle, and they are fully covered from head to toe, aren't they? You don't see a knight getting on his horse with no armor on, pulling his lance up and going, okay, come on, let's go. I'm going to take that guy on who's fully armored. No. And the language that Paul is using here, he's saying, put on the armor of God, and the, the word there that's translated into English is put on. It's saying to be completely covered. With the armor of God. And see, here's the problem that I think many times as a church, what what prevents us from standing is that we don't have the whole armor of God on. Hello? We might have the shield, but we forget the helmet. We might have the breastplate, but we forget the shoes. And there are areas of weakness in our life. And Paul goes on to say that we, we have to put on the whole armor of God that we may withstand against the wiles. Turn to the person next to you go, wiles. He's tricky. He's devious. And see, here's the thing. The devil knows what you're missing in your life. That's where he attacks you. You know, it's like the story, the Greek story about um, Achilles and Troy, I think his name was. The legend there, they had a fight, and and Achilles was covered from head to toe with armor, except for one spot, his heel, his Achilles. And the story goes that Troy got him with an arrow right on his heel that killed him. Because he wasn't covered in that one spot. And, And that's how the devil works. The devil's not stupid enough to attack you front on. The devil's not stupid enough to come and go after you in your areas where you're strongest. But he watches and he observes and he looks for areas of weakness and places in your life where you're going to fail. And and that's where he brings his attack in. And that's where he focuses. And And so when the apostle Paul writes, we're talking about standing. When he writes and says, put on the whole armor of God, he's saying you need to make sure your life is completely covered by the armor of God. Every part of your life. How do we do that? We do that through making sure that our lives are fully surrendered to God, that every part of our life is surrendered to the plan of God in our life, that everything we do, everything we say, every attitude we have, every action we take, we run it through the filter of God's word. And we say, God, cover me with your armor completely. I want to be defended against the attacks of the enemy. We are to be completely enveloped in the armor that God has given us. It's so easy sometimes in our Christian walk, you know, we talk about the disciplines of living for God. Prayer. Reading your Bible. Spending time in God's house with God's people. We talk about these kind of disciplines and it's so easy sometimes just to allow them to slip. You know, you look at your Bible reading plan and it says one day missed. And you go, Oh, I'll catch up that tomorrow. And you get to the next day and, oh, I missed it again. I'm not saying that if you don't read your Bible, you're going to go to hell. But what I am saying that is, if you don't read your Bible, you are leaving yourself open. Because God speaks through His Word. And God ministers through His Word. And it's these disciplines that we develop that allow us to stand when that day comes. See, what you're reading in God's Word today, it might not seem to make a lot of sense today. But tomorrow, God knows what's coming. And you might read that scripture the day before that helps you stand when that attack comes. We talk about the disciplines to stand against the wiles of the enemy. We need to have strength for the Lord to stand. We need to be completely enveloped in the armor of God to stand. Here's my third thing. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We need to learn to identify who our enemy is. You know, back in World War II, when they would have a lot of dogfights happening in the sky, you know, enemy identification was so important the pilots were trained to recognize their enemy simply by the shape of their airplane before they even saw the markings. Because many times if they waited till they saw the markings, it was too late. They would be shot down. Right, And so they would have charts up on the walls back in the aerodromes on the ground that would show the different silhouettes of either the German fighters or the British fighters or the Soviet fighters, whatever. But they would have silhouettes that would show the shapes of these planes, so that when you were in the middle of a situation and, and, and it was hectic and there were bullets flying around, you could quickly identify who was your friend and who was your enemy. And when you were on the ground and the bombs were raining down and there was things going on, and you knew that some of your friendly friends were up there and they were trying to protect you, you didn't want to shoot the wrong plane down. And so they would practice identifying their enemies. Can I tell you, church, that when the devil begins to work and when the devil begins to attack and when he begins to try and cause division and disunity, and he will, and when things begin to go wrong and we're beginning to feel offended and hurt and upset, can I encourage you this morning, learn to identify your enemy. Because so many times we get caught in cases of friendly fire. Someone does something to offend us. Someone does something to hurt us. And it it hits that little chink in our armor that we forgot to cover up. And we set fire to our friend because we thought they were the ones that were attacking us. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The people you're sitting next to, they're not your enemies. We're brothers. We're sisters. We're here to protect each other and stand for each other and lift one another up and encourage one another. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we need to learn that our battle is not against one another. Our battle is against the enemy. It is against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against wickedness and spiritual places. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. And and this is the result that I'm wanting you to pick up today. This is what I'm wanting you to get from this. I know this is a bit different today. That's okay. But if we can learn as a church to get our strength from the Lord, to get our encouragement from the Lord, to, to build ourselves up, I think it's James talks about building yourself up on your most holy faith. If you can learn To stand on what God's Word says to you. If you can learn to stand on the promises that God has given you. If you can learn that your strength comes from the Lord. If you can learn that you need to have the whole armor of God. You need to be disciplined. You need to be focused. And that's something that's so foreign to our world today. But if you can learn to be focused and disciplined and and put on that whole armor of God that, that it talks about later on in Ephesians. I'm not going to go through it this morning. But if you can put all of that on and make sure that there's no area in your life that's open to attack by the enemy. If you can do that. And if you can learn that the brothers and sisters that are around you are here to support you. I hear to love you. I here to keep you. Then then you, you you know who the enemy is. And when those words get said that kind of hurt a little bit, you recognize, you know what, I'm just gonna let that go. Because that's not that's not them. They're my brother, my sister. You know, I remember when I was young, boy, my brother and I would have some fights. Woo-wee. We'd have some fights. But you know what? He never stopped being my brother. I was always there for Him no matter what. I always cared for Him no matter what, and He for me, because we're brothers. We've got to have the same thing in our church, guys. We need to care for one another. We need to support one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to lift one another up. Because if we can do that, that is what it will take for our church to stand. That's what it's going to take. Getting our power from the Lord, our our might from the Lord, to be strong in the Lord, to to cover ourselves with the armor of God, to to stand shoulder to shoulder with our brother and sister. And when the enemy begins to attack, we're ready for it. We're ready for it. Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand this morning? I didn't want to preach for too long, but I wanted to encourage someone with that this morning, because here's what I feel. I feel like there's some people here who are, are discouraged, just feeling a bit down. Can I tell you there's strength in the Lord? There's strength to be found in the Lord. Strength like no other. Power like no other. And this is a bit different. So I want to do something a little different. I hope this is okay. And if you don't feel comfortable, that's perfectly all right. You just stay right where you are. We haven't done this for a while. But here's what I want us to do. I want everybody to come down the front as a family. Because we need to learn to stand together. Let's all come down the front. We're going to pray together. It's not going to be dramatic. It's not going to be, you know, we're not going to get all weird. But I want us to come together because there's something powerful in this room. You know what it is? It's the fact that every single person here has a different story, a different background, a different heritage, a different culture. But when we come together, we are the body of Christ. And when we come together, there is a strength and a unity that is in purpose. So let's all gather down the front. That's good. Everyone's coming. That's wonderful. I like that. And, and we're just gonna we're just gonna pray together. And if it's appropriate, why don't you just put your hold, hold hands of the person next to you, put your arm around them, whatever you think is appropriate. Why don't you just pray for one another this morning? And Sister Jenny, why don't you play something? And why don't we just begin to pray for one another right now. Hallelujah, precious Jesus. Lord, we worship you this morning, Lord God. Lord, help us to be strong in the power of your might, Lord God. Help us to stand for you, Jesus. Help us to to live our life for you, oh God, I pray. Lord, you are our strength, oh God. You are our purpose, Lord Jesus. And Lord, there are people here, Lord, with, with all levels of their walk with God, all levels in their relationship with you, Lord God. But but each one of them is here by purpose and, and by divine design, Lord God. Lord, bind us together in unity, Lord God. Help us to support one another more. Help us to pray for one another more. Help us to lift one another up, Lord God, together. <speaking in Spanish> That's it, church. Come on, lift your voice. Pray for the person next to you. Pray that God would strengthen them. Pray that God would cover them with His armor. Pray that they would be able to stand when those attacks come. Maybe, Maybe the attacks aren't happening today, but can I tell you, they'll be there eventually. The devil's not happy that we are a united church. The devil's not happy in the direction that we're going. He's going to want to destroy it eventually. But together, together we can stand. This community that belongs together, we have strength. We have purpose. We have power. And it's through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And when you've done praying for one another, why don't you just begin to worship the Lord together? Hallelujah, the strength in worship together. There's strength when we lift God up together. That's it. Hallelujah, hallelujah.